Take a few deep breaths. Get present with where you are in this world, in this moment, in this body, now. Listen in to an intimate conversation where hopefully you hear something inspiring and get to be witness to what it's like to be in a sacred conversation where there's potential for healing, change, and transformation. I'm Jen Coffey, Sacred Space Holder for Transformation. Listen in. In this episode, I'm talking with Jocko Moray, Head of Corporate Responsibility, Creative Partner, and Editor of the Annual Review at the Good Governance Institute. Jocko is thinking partner and engagement consultant. He has been a director of GGI since its formation in 2009, involved in developing the organization as it is today in 2023. Jocko is the host of GGI's podcast called The Public Good, which you can link to in the show notes. And you'll be hearing us refer to his experience as a podcaster, so you might want to check it out. In this Jen and I Project episode, you're going to hear what starts out like a chat between two people who are processing and growing as podcasting seedlings. As a new podcaster, it's been vulnerable for me to talk to somebody else who is a bit ahead of me as a podcast seedling, and I'm dancing in the moment with it. Listen in as we chat about Jocko's evolution and how things grow and change as we all do as humans and as professionals. So welcome to the Jen and I project. Hello. Thank you. Um... <laughs> what, what do you, th- when I say the Jen and I project, what do you think? What do you think of that name? I like Jen and I project because my mind tries to fix it into what Gemini, but I know it's Jen and I, and I'm in there too. Well, that's the thing. And I think there. sometimes I call it the Gemini Project, and sometimes I call it the Gemini Project because Gemini Project works too. Yes, and but then I like Gemini. And then I like the word project because it's also project. Love it, right? Very podcasting. <laughs> so, like, when you what do you, what kinds of things do you think happen on the Gemini or the Gemini Project? I think we get to talk to you, yeah. to Jen, and I'm sure it's cool and loving and diverse and um, progressive. I don't know. What happens? So, I, yeah, it's all of those things. What I've been sort of playing with so far is that it's a place where... People can tell stories that are healing in the process of telling for the person who's telling the story and is inspiring for the listener. So that can cover a lot of different ground. And um, so here you and I are. I'm just going to do my version of introducing you and then you can do your version. Once upon a time we met on an island, (laughs) within an island, within an island. That's all I'll say about that for now. And then we've met again on another island on the other side of the world. And professionally, let's see, outside of magical cosmic realms, you exist as the creative genius behind many of the good governance campaigns that people in the UK and across Europe have seen and heard. 
And yeah, that, I think that'll be enough of my introduction of you. How would you introduce yourself? Well, I remember meeting in the, on the island, within an island, in a bubble, as it was referred to at the time. And the first time I met you, you uh, came and read us some poetry that you've just written, fresh, fresh off the page. And that was my introduction to you. And I decided then and there that um, she's great and I'm sticking with her. I was reflecting on that too, on, our, on my walk before our conversation just now. I was remembering <laughs> that moment when I pulled out some poetry in a very vulnerable uh, moment and put my words out there to a group of people who I never met, don't know me, <laughs> in a place that is not my, my official home. And I was so warmly received and I felt seen and heard and understood and people were able to connect with me. So um, yeah, I was reminded like, oh yeah, I have a poet inside me sleeping. Yeah, so we, so we met at this okay. very cool community called Kalani and we have actually connected at another really fascinating community called Findhorn, which we have in common that the angel cards come from. So I think, I think there's something in us that resonates around this desire to be in community that is creative and spiritual and alternative. Yes. Oh, we had a great time at Fendorn as well. Mm. <laughs> I liked cooking with you in the kitchen. That was the best days. Right? I mean, yes. oh, so Jocko is also like a master chef just one of the most spectacular creative chefs I've experienced just, and does it with ease and flair. And it's just like beautiful passion. I can't stop cooking. Okay. I feel like can't I'm like pushing cooking. or trying here and I want to just be like more free for me. Oh, yes, me too. I feel very like, Ugh. so let's, uh, let's just, blah, 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 blah. Because I'm new at this and I don't know how to do it. I'm like, okay, the perfectionist in me is like, be a formal. So the way I do mine is I script them so that um, at the beginning there's a lot of pace because nobody knows me. And so I try to make those, get those introductions as quick and zippy and pacey and like fast as possible so that people can just get like, okay, well, this is not going to get drag there's this part of me that's like what am i doing with this you know like do i really want to do this and what is it that i really want to do with it but those are good questions so i think we're testing the equipment to its maximum so i'm hearing the dog bark you're probably hearing my washing machine spin and finish so an answer to you thinking about what this podcast could be about, your podcast could be about. I found it very useful to start thinking about any type of project or article or video making or podcast um, to ask myself two questions. What's my objective? What am I trying to achieve? What do I want the listener to go and do after this? And the other is to think about what's my point of view? What do I think about this? And what do I want to communicate? Yeah. 
I'm in this place of like turning my I don't knows into I know and knows. And there's a part of me that wanted to do this to have fun. Like I want to enjoy this. And I think I am, it's a new thing. It's like, I have this new toy, this new equipment. And like, I love having these new gadgets and this, and I want to enjoy it. But then this perfectionist hyperachiever in me also steps into the room and says, no, you must like sound like a news broadcaster and there has to be a higher purpose and specific. And like, I just want to kind of be in the flow. Let's talk about this. So I would, so I'm, I'm hearing that your objective is to have fun and for this to be a fun experience and for the listener to have fun, for your, yeah, the person you're interviewing to have fun while you're having fun. So that's a good thing. And then the point of view sounds like the um, to be in the flow, to let it flow, yeah. to make it natural. I think there's, there's going to be, I think maybe on my end, even as I'm saying this, there's like a part of me that needs to heal that hyperachiever that still wants to come into the room and have them, you know, just wait outside. Oh, there's another objective. Just give yourself a minute. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just, yes, I know I can be formal and serious. And in, in being that formal, serious way, there, you know, there's a lot of benefit to that. And it's really valuable and important. And there's a stiffness. I've even noticed in my body that happens with that, like, have to be and that stiffness is not serving me. I, I th- uh, to be in the flow, you've got to be more loose and in motion. And so I, I think for me, there is going to be some healing in my own process as I move forward talking to people and it's going to change over time. And I imagine my earlier podcast will sound formal and serious and hopefully I will get more relaxed and feel more at ease as time goes on. So when I started doing the podcast and I've done 15 episodes now, which is amazing. I, um, I looked around at what people say about starting a podcast and Something really freeing was that somebody said, your first podcast is going to (laughs) suck. And then I did my first podcast and it absolutely rocked. It didn't (laughs) suck at all. It was amazing. But boy, did my second podcast suck. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. And the stiffness of interviewing somebody that I don't know, it felt like my my jaw was clamped. It just absolutely couldn't breathe. The words wouldn't come out. And there was so so much frustration that it felt like anger at not being able to express myself or ask the questions that I want to ask or come across in the way that I want to, you know, go with the flow and, you know, enjoy it. And, um, I think the third one sucked a little less, <laughs> but it was still there. And then it also very much depend on who you're interviewing. So the fourth one rocked and then there was another one that absolutely sucked. And then um, they started getting quite good because I started actually talking which I didn't, I didn't, I didn't just freely talk to the people that I interviewed. What do you mean you didn't freely talk? Do you mean? So the people I'm interviewing, 
Can I tell you the things that went well with the podcast? Yes, tell me. Before we go into yeah, what, yeah, went, yeah. What, what was not so good. Yeah. So the things that went well was um, I booked very high-profile people, which I um, I was astonished by that. Well, I was very grateful for the the people. So the I mean the the chief executive of the London Ambulance Service during a crisis with ambulances and impending strike action. Mm agreed to do an hour interview with me on a podcast for the public good. I'm looking at your face and you look puzzled. My second podcast <laughs> ever. Never published one by that time. So people like that giving freely of their time and um, preparing for the podcast, preparing for my questions and the brief and all of that thing. I, I would... I, I thought, well, I need to do my absolute best to to get this right. Yes, yes, I get it. I'm with you. Me too. But then there's there are those nerves, you know, to be asking the questions and the things, and to actually talk with them while while they're speaking or responding to what they're saying. And so, um, I think it was my fourth podcast. I was described as laconic, <laughs> which meant that I needed to look up a word. It's an SAT word for folks. Laconic. Yes. <laughs> There was a gap in my education, but I found out what laconic meant, and um, I wasn't offended. I mean, it's just uh, I have very few words. But the other thing that did go well is I was able to listen and let people speak, and so uh, laconic was a compliment in, in that circumstance. And also, I found this style through that where I would put the person I'm interviewing at ease so much that they'll be able to just um, talk like I'm talking with you now. So I want to be able to say that at some point I'm going to get my act together and there will be liner notes with links to your podcast so people can listen to and know what you're referring to and maybe hear your progress. Oh, the progress is real. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And not linear either. Right. Um. So hopefully one day that's going to happen. I'm going to have like a staff and people that are helping me with all the technical aspects of this because, yeah. Um, or maybe it's oh, going to be me. The other thing I, learned. <laughs> I learned this. I learned that you need people to help you. That that's is such a hard lesson. Mm. Mm. It's too much for one person to do. Especially at the pace I was churning them out. Maybe if I did once a month, I could do it. But uh, so what? What I'm here. I'm gonna. Lots of three a.m. mornings. I'm gonna just editing. Podcasts. So like, what was going well was that you were people were saying yes to you. They were saying yes, and you were, and they were showing up, <laughs> prepared, and they were saying wonderful things. But you were feeling, you were not stuck. You well, you hadn't found your groove yet, or your style, or your no, flow. And, but it got better and better. That was a linear progress. Well, at what point, like, would you say you felt like, ooh, I'm in flow, this feels good, I got it? And how did you know? Well, I sort of almost took this sort of laconic style, ask the killer question and let them talk, um, <laughs> kind of flow and digging deeper into the subject thing as a compliment and as, a, okay, well, that's what I do. But then um, when I challenged somebody quite recently, 
and then told them why I challenged what they said. So we did a podcast about um, neurodiversity. And she spoke and said, oh, so our education system is set up so that you just um, deliver a whole lot of information on a on a square desk and then you hope that the bright kids would just uh, go on and run with it. And I said, well, I take issue with the term bright kids because I don't think of myself as dull and um, I have some of these neurodiversities we're talking about. And this is the reason why the square disk didn't work for me and the information didn't make much sense because it didn't show me in which picture it connected to what. And it was just, I'm in authority, therefore you need to learn this. And everybody just accepted that except for me and I felt different. Mm. And so I was like, oh, did I just say something? Mm. Did I have a little say-so? Mm. Wow. Well, it's also like a reveal. Like you revealed something very vulnerable and honest about yourself in that state. And then it turned around with later on her starting to ask me questions. Oh, interesting. And I answered them and I was like, this is a very different podcast. Too. This is not the... This is not my style, but I'm talking. And I think, let's see how it turns out. I listened back to it and I was like, oh, I'd keep that objectively. You know, I was ready to cut all my bits out in the edit. But um, I thought, no, I think, I don't think the podcast would make sense without me talking there and there, but not here. Interesting. So now I'm understanding what you meant before about the the shift from the stiffness to flow happened when you started talking. Yes. So I get it. So you talk was you, I'm even I mean, I know that this is potentially an audio story, but I can see you right now and the look on your face right now is priceless. It's like we've arrived at this very true important moment of realization. Yes, absolutely. So it's interesting. We pulled the angel cards of a tenderness and adventure, and I'm feeling like I'm I'm hearing about your experience of being on a podcasting adventure, and at a moment where you allowed something tender for yourself to be revealed. Uh, something I've been what they call masking, hiding, pretending that doesn't exist um, for my entire life, which is. I think um, I don't want to speak for anyone else, but I, but it is, but it is a phenomenon that people with Asperger's or ADHD mask. And although I never pretended not to be gay, in fact, I used to think when people called me gay or queer that it just meant that I didn't want to do what they wanted to do. I thought it was just a teasing word. I only found out later. That I was like, yes, of course, I've always been gay. Hello. Um, but the thing that I was hiding much, that I was hiding from the world was the ADHD and the and the Asperger's. Mm. And it's still a tender thing for me to bit by bit tell people about. So I want to just pause in this moment with you. That's a big deal. 
-hmm. And I recognize that this is something that you shared in one of your podcasts. So it's not the first time you're naming all of those things publicly. And I'm just I'm kind of curious, like how what what is the feeling that you had after the podcast came out and people heard it and then knew these things about you? And then how does it feel now to name it again, knowing, okay, another another layer of I don't I'm not gonna name what it is, but you you tell me. So it's been it's it felt like layers. It felt um Absolutely, like it's not enough to just tell one person once. And it's still unusual for me to do it. And it still feels strange to talk about it. But it also feels like a kind of, almost like a muscle that you're exercising. The more you do it, the better you're going to get at it. Ooh! And the more comfortable I might feel about it. So you don't know this, but my... My other podcast is coming out. This is this this thread is coming exactly through, exactly what you've just said. And, and I think we all have versions of this, and uh, the potential to peel back. I don't know. If, I don't want to say peel back, but to to go through these different layers. And experience what you're saying is sort of strangeness. It's a new place to be. Like once you've sort of like, oh, I just put that out there. This vulnerability. Now what? How do I feel? And I'm going to do it again. How do I feel? It's like, it, you know, like people go to therapy and process things over and over again. And they change over time because you have new experiences that, that build on top of the previous experiences. You uncover layers, you know, on the other side of experiences. And things are constantly shifting and flowing. And I, I don't know. For me, there's, there's a healing that starts to happen around these things when they're named and shared. Exposing vulnerabilities, yes. Um, yeah, so there was, there was a, I mean, it, it had different stages. So I spoke with the chief fire officer and the national um drowning water safety lead, the person who prevents people from drowning, about doing another podcast and eventually we just sort of had to pivot because of the circumstances. And I asked her, what would you like to do a podcast about? And she's absolutely passionate about uh, neurodiversity. She wrote the, um, the guidance on it that emergency services use. And um, she has a, a, a granddaughter that has Asperger's and she's absolutely passionate about that. And I was like, oh, me too. And it felt very freeing in that moment. But then it felt absolutely nerve-wracking preparing for the podcast. And I was like, oh, at some point I might have to actually say something. Ugh. And then it felt strange to talk about it when I did. And then when I listened back on it, I was um, offended by some of the things that they've said. Who? The people that I interviewed. But it was because 
and then I then I put it through my own filter. Okay, so what what would it be like? Because I was offended because they were actually just talking about it. Because these are the things that I've been hiding my entire life, and they just ah, it felt like an offense. So you would just expose you something it, very raw, and they were just yes, and, okay. So to call it difficulties, but they are difficulties. I mean, um, my whole life is made up of difficulties because of it. And they are difficult to me. But for somebody else to call it difficulties, Mm. when I haven't spoken about it with anyone before Mm. very much, um, there's still layers. There's still layers that, that are going to take a process to work through. So name it, I'm just, I'm feel, I'm feeling tender with you now. What, what do you need now? What would feel supportive, loving, kind? I feel like I'm getting what I need. I'm getting to talk to someone friendly about it after having spoken publicly about it. And, um, I feel heard and listened to and. This is a good layer. Yeah. Deep breath. Thank you to my guest, Jocko. Thank you for listening. Yeah, that's it. That's the first episode of the Gemini Project. Thanks for listening and get in touch. If you are interested in being part of the Gemini Project, If you want to get in touch with Jocko or me, there's more information in the show notes. Would love to hear from you.